something that I, I found a hard time labeling it during the pandemic, COVID, whatever you want to call it. When we were shut out of the building, uh, and I'm, I'm still processing through how much I really didn't like that. So uh, if I make faces every time I say that, understand it's not making faces at you, I'm making faces at the situation. Uh, you know, I, I think just about any illness that starts with a C, I, I pretty well hate it. So I hate cancer, I hate COVID, I, you know, I won't keep listing them, but, because <clears throat> then it makes me sound like I'm really in trouble. But <clears throat> when, when we were talking about what we could just start up a conversation about, um, and this, this is really stretching and growing me a little bit because I, I grew up in a church that never really spent a lot of time talking about Advent. And, and I don't know that, that this may be one of those where I'm way off base in the Friends Church. I don't know if you guys really spend a lot of time talking about Advent, you know, when traditionally. And, and that's okay because we're, we're not going to teach it as a this is a hard doctrinal issue. This is a we're, we're going through and, and looking at Advent as a conversation between friends. It's not something that Advent is doctrinal. It's really not. It uh, was a, a Greek idea that comes from this word that I will butcher if I try and say it. And I'll just tell you what it means in Greek. It means to look forward to or to journey towards. So this series of conversations is us journeying towards celebrating the birth of our Savior. And... We're going to be jumping in and out of the story the next few weeks, just pulling out hopefully something that will meet us right where we are. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to get up here and light a candle every week. Okay, that's just, they, they forbid me to play with fire in the building. <laughs> well, not really, but <clears throat> if I were them, I would forbid <laughs> me to play with fire in the building. Because what? We should forbid me too. We should forbid Denise too, and that's a longer story that we can't get into. Ask after church. <laughs> after church, you can ask Denise about why we don't let her be in charge of candles. <laughs> it's a great story. Man, that story's. Never mind. We're not going to say how old that story is. But this week, we're going to talk just a little bit about hope. And. And the, the beauty of it is, is God put two people whose minds work completely different together. And when we talk about it, it's, you're going to get two completely different perspectives. And hopefully in the middle of that, there's this giant gap where the Holy Spirit just fills it in and makes it personal to you. So when we were looking at at Hope, and we were driving over here, I, I told Denise, and she looked at me like I was, you know, the broken toy on the Isle of Christmas or whatever, that I told her, the reason I, I love talking about hope this time of year, it is really the season of the unexpected. And, you know, you, you look at 
a lot of the stories that that people watch and you know if if you wonder what i'm saying by stories that we watch raise your hand if you've already watched a christmas movie since thanksgiving okay those are stories and what is one of the elements that is always in those stories the unexpected okay you know people are Denise is already laughing because I think she knows what I'm thinking of every time I say the unexpected. Cousin Eddie comes rolling up in an RV. I mean, and sorry, sorry, Eddie. But <laughs> it's great having an Eddie in your church at Christmas. But <clears throat> it, it's the season of the unexpected. And, and when you look at the, the story of Christmas, it's there. Do you think Mary, young teenage girl who's engaged to be married and, and you know, she's got her whole mindset of what life is going to be like out in front of her and all of a sudden, angel of the Lord shows up and says, you're blessed and favored among women and you're going to carry the Son of God. Can you get more unexpected than that? Yes, you can! Because imagine Joseph... His fiance turns up pregnant. I mean, not a, not a big deal in our day and age, but in that day and age, he could legally have her drugged through the streets and stoned to death. He had legal discourse for it. Even under Roman law, he could have pulled it off because it was totally unexpected. You know, you, you keep going into the story. The innkeeper did not expect... A, a tax by a Roman emperor to give him the booming business of his lifetime. And he sure didn't expect a young couple to show up desperate on his doorstep. The unexpected happens. I mean, we could have everybody raise their hand. How many of you had an unexpected event in the last week? Hello, stomach virus. Hello, washing machine going kaput. You know, I, I can keep listing them out. Uh, 12-year-old past hunter's education, we're going hunting. Hello, unexpected. <laughs> but you, you get a little farther into the story. The shepherds out in their field is unexpected. I, I still wish we had a live video feed on the hills outside of Bethlehem. I, I would really want to see the reaction of those shepherds. I, I'm sure it was, shepherds were rough and tumble people. I'm pretty sure that it was not rated PG. <laughs> and Herod didn't expect what he saw as a rival to his throne to be born right underneath his nose. It, it's a season of unexpected. And, and we're going to run into unexpected things in the next few weeks. And, and like I mentioned, we've run into some ourselves the last few days. So how do we as Christians take that and, and spin it around? Because there are things coming for Christians that, yes, we don't know the day or the hour. It's going to come unexpected. But not completely unexpected because the Bible tells us what to watch for. But we have hope. 
And when the unexpected things happen in our life, are we, are we overwhelmed by the unexpected or are we overwhelmed with the hope that we have in Christ that, that this life's not all there is and it's going to get better? Psalm 135, 130, verse 5. Sorry, there is a Psalm 135. If you've been praying through the Psalms with us, it's there. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in His Word, I hope. I, I don't get wrapped up in a lot of the, the other parts of, of the holiday season because... I'm firmly rooted in the reason for the season. I'm rooted in the hope that I have that I find in God's Word. And, and I love the way the psalmist put it, that my soul waits. Any of you kids out there like waiting to open presents? They, they were going to make an announcement. I didn't want to do it during children's time for fear that we would burn the building down. They're waiting to open presents till July this year. Okay, not really. Not really. I don't want to riot in the church. <clears throat> but sometimes I think that's how we as Christians get. We, we get that same look these kids just had on their face. Of why do we have to wait for heaven? Why do we have to wait for Jesus to come again? We have that hope that he's coming again. Why do we have to wait why do bad things have to happen to good people? Why does the unexpected have to come? You want my answer? I don't know. I don't know. But while my soul waits, I find hope in His Word. Are you ever going to jump in yeah, this morning? Yeah, you just keep talking. You don't, I think that we should have sat down. We should have sat down so she could kick me. That's the part you never saw on Facebook when it was time for her to speak. She just kicked me. Yeah, look. See? Kick you. Okay. All right. I'm waiting. I'll make sure you're fit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we started doing some Advent things at our house last year. Um, I think it was mostly driven by the enormity of what I felt like was pushing in on my kids about what Christmas was. Christmas is presents. Christmas is singing. Christmas is decorations. Christmas is special food. Christmas is, um, snow. Christmas is all these things. And it just, it felt like Jesus was getting lost in so much of that. And so, um, JJ mentioned neither one of us grew up with a tradition of some sort of structure like Advent is, and that's all it is, a structure. And in fact, I don't think people necessarily even agree 100% about the structure, like the candles are this color, or the candles are this color, or the, <laughs> the this week we're love, or this week we're home. But... So it's just something to kind of structure and pull ourselves back into Jesus when there's so much pushing out. And so Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, 
unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Um, so, J.J.'s talked so much about the, these people having these unexpected moments as they approached the time of year that we call Christmas or the events that we celebrate at Christmas. Um, but they had, this is Isaiah, so years before, they had some idea that things were going to happen. Um, I see Mary differently than you do. I wonder if maybe every young woman sort of hoped that they would be the chosen one. I don't know. I've wondered that myself. Had you ever thought about it that way? Hmm. That maybe they, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm going to be the one that gets to carry them inside because somebody, somebody was going to have a baby that was going to be that that special one. Um, now I don't I don't know if she really expected it to be her, but um, I think there was this seed of of longing of looking for, and that's what this week of Advent is all about of finding that within ourselves and and watering that um, that we we see this time of year so many people trying to pile on things that might bring joy or excitement or um, happiness um, and yet we can have a permanent hope in Jesus and so to look to keep that hope alive in our hearts um, so the people had this um, the people if, if you were in Isaiah chapter 9 and if you backed up it says the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath, shine, hath the light shined. So, uh, we don't know when this final hope is going to be, and people down through the centuries have thought maybe it would be us. You know, those very first believers in the beginning thought maybe it would be us, um, and we still think, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Um, and we see darkness and we think maybe this is the time for the light to shine. But just to remember the hope that we have in Jesus at this time of year. And I started chuckling because where my mind went when she talked about the people being in darkness and the whole train of thought of we're talking about hope. We, we went to Enid yesterday and... Uh, we really wanted to see their big Christmas tree, and we got to see the tree, but uh, I don't know if it was the weather or, yeah, you know, they had a cat that chewed on the cord, but the, the tree was not lit up. And Titus was lamenting about that the entire drive until I finally had to make one of those deals, you know, Everybody that's a parent knows sometimes you just deal. cut a deal <laughs> where if you don't whine from here to Woodward, we'll get ice cream. And that was well, well, the other side of Bouse Junction. What was so your was, strategy, though? How did you stop from whining? Do you remember? 
he took the strategy of Elf, I'll just tell you, because he, he won't sang, admit he it. He started singing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer and to stop whining in the van is singing loudly for all to hear. <laughs> so, so we moved from the whining, you know, almost catcall voice to Christmas songs. So it was, it was really nice listening to that over the uh, OU Tech game, because at that point, things were going very poorly for OU, and... And I was worried that there would be great lamentation as I came to church this morning. But, you know, the, the, the excitement that I think we, we see around us with people that are excited about a lot of the, the stuff that comes along with Christmas. And if they knew the, the fullness of the hope that we know about in Christmas, how different this season becomes for them. And, uh, you know, just uh, another verse in, like I told you last week, I'm convinced Paul wrote Hebrews, and there, there's a lot of scholars that don't think it was Paul, but uh, the guy has a writing style, so we'll just leave it there. But, Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. You know, in, in Christmas time, we get all these other messages of what Christmas is. And the world will try and tell you, and, and, and I've said this before, if you let the world define things for you, it will. And our world is bent, broken, and, and tragically unable to see that in itself. And, and it will tell you that Christmas is about, and they'll try and put noble and good ideas with it. But anything outside of Christmas is the hope that Jesus Christ was born in a manger is wrong. Anything else they try and tell you. I mean... I grew up in the 90s. We got to see a lot of weird stuff with some California raisins. And people are seeing video in their mind right now. They, they tried to tell the story. You know, little town about Kelly's back there busting a move. She's like, you know, it's what we grew up on. But at least even the California raisins were singing a song about the wise men trying to point people back subtly. The... the the hope that we have, we have to be steadfast. And I, I, that, that's the way the King James phrases it, is, is be steadfast. And, and to, to be steady and constant with telling our children, telling our grandchildren, if you're so blessed, telling your great-grandchildren the truth about what Christmas is. Again, Paul writing in Romans said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Coincidentally, two more thoughts of Advent, joy and peace, that we'll get to another week. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Anybody get stressed out at Christmas time? I do. It stresses me out because I'm the shopper in our family. It's true. 
it stresses me. <laughs> Christmas dinner at our house usually falls on these shoulders because these shoulders are very picky about what we eat for Christmas. So I pile that stress upon myself. And just the, the overall scheduling of, of everything. I got I to gotta learn to share a little more and, you know, <clears throat> maybe for Christmas dinner. I don't want to do the shopping. You don't want... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She doesn't want to do the shopping. <laughs> You're stuck. <laughs> but looking at this, and, and what, if, what if this became my prayer for the holidays, that, that God, I want you to fill me with hope and, and let me experience that joy and that peace that only comes from you and from a heart that fully believes in you so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can walk through the most stressful season of the year full of hope and heavenly expectation. I mean, last yeah. few weeks, blown my mind, I'm sorry. It, it, it changed the way that I read the Word of God. Because how different is it when you have that outlook of, God, I want to walk through this season celebrating you with joy. And, and if you need what a picture of joy looks like, you can watch the movie Elf. It is one of the best movies for just showing you stupid, ridiculous joy in the everyday things. World's greatest cup of coffee. You know, is there sugar and syrup? Yes. You know, the, the, the joy that can be found in the everyday when we invite God in. And that beautiful hope. I cut you off, sorry. That's okay. You're fine. We haven't done this in a long time. I know. See, we've got a kid on the floor, so it's getting closer to that. We, <laughs> we're we're going to get somebody up here with a, a palm leaf to hit you in the face before we're yeah. done. That's the moment. That, that's still my favorite moment of COVID. Palm Sunday, you know, we're over there singing praises and, and Titus is smacking Denise in the face with a palm branch. <laughs> it's coming again this Easter. <laughs> Titus. Yeah. But would we, would we make a difference if we looked like that? Yeah. If we looked, if we walked in hope. Would we make a difference? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and this is the last verse that I wanted to share this morning. It's in, in Peter. And, uh, makes me nervous when the, the live stream is doing goofy things. Oh. But in Peter, chapter 3, verse 15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Have any of you ever looked at Christmas as the opportunity to give a defense for the hope that lies in you? And, and then the, the way that Peter wraps that up is really nice. 
If you go back and you read that in context in that whole chapter, he's talking about when you're persecuted, when you're heavily persecuted and and people are, you know, very put it bluntly, violent towards you for your faith, you know, are you going to be that person who in your heart you decide you're going to honor the Lord and you're always prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet you do it with gentleness and respect. If someone wants to, you know, tell me all of their beliefs about the Christmas season that I don't believe, am I going to be able to convey to them the hope that lies within me with gentleness and respect? Because we, we live in a, a society that is bought into the loudest voices, the right voice. And, and we tend to sometimes, sadly, adopt that as Christians, where we're going to argue with you and tell you why you're wrong. And how does it look if, if we bring in the reality of the hope that we have in Jesus and say, I love you, but you're wrong. I respect that you grew up in, in those ideas and that tradition. But let me tell you what Christmas is really about. And let me tell you that it's not just leaving Jesus as a baby in a manger. Let me tell you his whole story. Let me tell you the hope that's found in Jesus himself. That he lived a pure and perfect life. Then he died on the cross for your sins. And that God rose him from the grave on the third day. He walked out giving us the hope of eternal life. And then he said before he went to sit on the throne next to his Father in heaven, that I'm going to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you can be one day. That is the hope that we're called to always have a defense for. We're called to always be willing to share that. The, the tragedy of the American church is that Christians won't share the gospel. They won't share the gospel. They don't take the Great Commission personally. They don't take that hope that's in them and go share it with the world. If we did, you can go look in Acts at a church that did that. The statements that would be made about the church, not Gate Friends Church, but the church of Jesus Christ, the, the body of Jesus Christ that, that Paul speaks about, would turn the world upside down. Can you imagine how different the world would look? How different your little corner of the world would look if you would start sharing the hope that lies within you. Okay, I want to do something. Go for it. All right. You got one of these books close to you, hopefully. I think it's 147. Let me see if I can find it. One fifty-seven. One fifty-seven. Okay, Dale. Believe it or not, I had the exact same internal debate 
about song choice this morning. And JJ even said, are you going to pick Christmas songs? Are you going to? I said, well, there's still, if you count Christmas Day, there's still four more weeks to sing them. And he said, if you don't get to sing all the songs you wanted to, it's your fault for not singing them today. (laughs) So we're going to do it this way. We're going to end with a Christmas song. Now, I tried to sing this last year, and I don't know if anybody knew it. So at least read the words. It's called, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. So we started talking about all the unexpected things that happened to people as they, as the birth of Jesus approached. Um, But here we want to say, be expectant. Be expectant. Um, Look for... Jesus within you and bring Jesus into the world around you. So this song is called Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And if you you will humor me, Larissa, I won't make you play it. You can just sing. Are you okay with that? We'll sing it a cappella. Okay. <clears throat> Come thou long expected Jesus born to say thy people free from our fears and sins release us let us find our rest in thee israel strength and consolation hope of help us as we go expecting this week. Lord, expecting to see you do mighty things. Lord, expecting to hear from you as we read your word. Expecting to talk to you as we pray, Lord, and expecting that you will not leave us and you have hope that you planted in us that will carry us through. Lord, I pray that we would look to you and that we would shine your light in the dark places. Lord, and that we would be the hope that people desperately need as we go from this place. Lord, that we would be life and light. Lord, and that we would hold on tight to your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.